0: Oh, boy. Derek, hey, man. Hey, brother. How is it, how is it going?
1: It's Derek, going pretty good.
0: I, I tell you what, I am committed to this, this podcast. You don't even know. You don't even know. Amy is studying for a certification test, and we have a, uh, I'll say, a relatively small house with no office, She's in the back room studying. And we have been trying to record this episode now for for weeks. (laughs) I said, you know what? To hell with this, I am going to sit in the goddamn car. (laughs) (laughs) I am recording in the car. Jeez. With the engine off. Yep, the engine's off because otherwise it just there's like you just hear it. And it's also about to rain, so you may actually end up hearing um, raindrops on the windshield. There is nothing I can do about that, unfortunately. But um, we are getting this damn episode recorded uh, one way or another.
1: Look, everybody that's listening to this, all seven of you, (laughs) Um, (laughs) our dedicated audience, uh, you got a warrior fighting for you right now. Um, I I tell you what. (laughs) Recording in the heat.
0: live, Live or die, retro time, baby. There you go, baby. Um, so we've I also have some good news Derek we you have some songs that you need to write we've got three reviews right now on uh, Apple Podcasts fantastic five star reviews on my dad we got Pam Cokie Amy Dalton and one Big Brother 82 who I, I don't know who that is um, but um, you know we, uh, you know what? I don't even think we should ask who Big Brother eighty. I just write a song about Big Brother eighty two, <laughs> whoever that is. Um, you're getting a song.
1: You better believe. it. Now, Derek,
0: are you gonna write? Are you gonna write a song for each one, or are you gonna write one song for all
1: of them? Together? Oh, they'll each get their own uh, dedicated e- each song. Each now it, it's, it's gonna I be am so. My so, <laughs> <laughs> my goal was to pick one person per week, but we have so few people commenting <laughs> that <laughs> hey, everybody gets a song. Um, I mean, I you think know, we only have now. like. Yeah, we only have like seven listeners, so three out of seven—that's well, that's pretty good. I did want to give you some pretty. other interesting stats based off of the podcasting stats tool that we use. I did find out that we have more engagement than the entire community of Red Hat on uh, in, in their podcast. How's that so, possible? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, um, I don't know. So where'd you get may- that data? Where from our internal tooling system? Um, and maybe okay. I, you know, I don't know if the data is messed up or what, but. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. And I don't know if it's uh it's the fact that cert- by certain through certain mediums people don't communi- people don't like engage, you know, too heavily. But uh yeah. I thought that was pretty funny.
0: Well, I'll I'll uh I'll allow it. Yeah, why not? That's awesome. Well so um hey, Red Hat, if you're out there, no offense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but uh Right. You know. Blue hat though. Full offense. Blue hat. Yeah, whatever. All Screw right. you guys. All yeah. right. So um yeah, what are we talking about today, Derek?
0: We got we got a um, we got like a nice little topic.
1: Tonight. Yeah, yeah. We kind of wanted to dive so, a little bit into the ideas, the comparing, the contrasting, the benefits, the ups, the downs, the happies, the sads of freelancing versus doing a job in a career setting in a you know full
0: time full
1: time employment you know kind of thing. Yeah. So, and
0: in in the theme of retro time um, you know we like to go back and look at things and how we have done Derek and I are in between jobs right now and uh, we picked up a little uh, consulting gig and uh, it's going hustle. pretty well it's, it's yeah a little side hustle a little moonlight um, but uh, you know there are certain things that we probably could have done a little bit better. So we're going to talk about some of that stuff today and, and maybe, um, everybody out there, you could, you're doing some consulting work, freelance work, or maybe you've gotten laid off and all this crazy stuff and you're picking up freelance work. You've never done it before. And maybe you're like, what the hell, how do I do this? I'm so, I feel so alone. Um, I have some bad news for you. If you are freelancing, unfortunately, um, you are alone. <laughs> I hate to tell you that. Uh, but it's all on you. No pressure. No No pressure at all. But uh, hopefully, Derek and I were going to give you some some advice, some things we've picked up along the way, and um, maybe you can you know it won't be so scary.
1: There you go. There you go.
0: All right. So, Derek, you have you ever freelanced before? Is this
1: like your first freelance gig? This is my first time. Yeah, never did okay. this before. I've done I've done short term projects before, um, but uh, yeah, so they were informal. They weren't you know we didn't have a specific company to to communicate with it was person to person. So yeah, this is really the first time it's it's felt real. Yeah.
0: So I've been doing this a long time actually. I, I've been um I started doing freelance before I ever got my first job. Like I think we we talked about this a while ago, but I you know I did, did like websites for bands and stuff a long time ago. Mm. I don't know if I'd really consider that. I was making like, you know, $200 and some, some beer, <laughs> some beer money. It's actually, a couple points, like actual beer. I did get like a, a case of beer, a six-pack of beer at one point. Um, but over time, I started to do it more professionally, and, um, you know, I've, I've picked up tips here and there. Um, for anybody listening out there, there is actually um, a group... Oh man, I should have looked this up before, but it's like the um, it's like the Freelancers Guild or something. I just thought of this. I'll have to link to it in the show notes. But this is they're more geared towards graphic designers, but um, I think as a developer um, doing freelance work, you could probably get a lot of resources from them. They do things like uh, provide templates for contracts, they provide templates for invoicing and things like that. RFPS, and I think you can even get like health insurance through them too. They have like a big community, so they they do like group health insurance, and you've got to you know prove that you're a freelancer somehow to get it but that's a really great place to start. Cool. I did get a lot of uh, information and stuff from them over the years. But that said, a lot of it was also trial and error. Just, you know, doing things, screwing up really badly and and uh you know, figuring it out so not not to do that again the next time. Um but here's the thing. All right, freelance versus full-time. They are obviously very different and I think we could probably spend a whole lot of times comparing and contrasting the differences, but I think what what we wanted to talk about today more than anything was specifically um, the the types of things that you'll have to do, the, the, the things that you might not have thought before um, and, and stuff like that. So what do you want to go just go through some uh, some tips then, Derek? Is that how you want to do this?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, really just a few techniques to kind of deal with this uh, freelance world that, you know, um, I've (laughs) been thrust into or thrust myself into, I guess. Um, One thing Jeremy mentioned already, you're on your own. You are your own manager. You're your own boss. If you're used to being told what to do and relying on that, this is very difficult. Uh, This would be very difficult uh, for you to do. Um, You have to self-manage your time, your workload. Uh, and, and depending on the kind of um, the kind of people you work with, you may not be given incredibly clear instructions as to what success looks like.
0: Yeah, one thing I would say too, and to that point, is um, you are on your own, right? And depending on how you have set up the contract, maybe you've set it up to get paid half up front, or maybe you're doing a time and material type of thing. Um, the the thing that I've found, and this happens almost every single project I've ever worked on. Um, Surprisingly, it isn't happening this time, but in the, the previous projects, generally it's the bigger projects, things like websites where you got to get you know, the, the site copy and you got to get rounds of approval and design and all these other things set up. Um, I always say this, and the clients always say, oh, we're not going to do that, but um, I always say, I'm going to be waiting on you. I'm going to be emailing you. I'm going to be constantly bugging you for stuff. I'm going to be bugging you for feedback, and this will take a long time, not because I will take a long time to do the work. Um, but if I've said it's going to take 80 hours or 120 hours or something, um, I guarantee you those 120 hours could be done in a matter of weeks. I will be waiting months for your feedback (laughs) (laughs) and for information for you to progress. I'm going to be asking you for files. You're not going to return my emails. That kind of thing happens all the time. And that's kind of thing that might not actually happen, uh, in a full-time career at like on a job, right. On a, like you work full-time employee. Um, because this is sometimes, you know, let's think like websites, for instance, it might not be their top priority. It might be, you know, third or fourth, but they have other things they got to work on. If they work at a restaurant, for instance, you know, the daily, uh, you know, inventory and all these other things are going to come, uh, they're going to be more urgent um, than, than something like getting their website design approved, right? So those are going to things where you have to just like stay on the clients to just constantly keep the timeline um, uh, up to date or stay on, on to get the timeline, meet the, the deadlines that you said you would hit. Um, Fair. and I think that's something that a lot of people don't really think about. They're like, "Oh, I'm going to do this work you get paid." Well, well, you can't get paid till you do the work, and you can't do the work until you get approval. And it, sometimes it takes way longer to get approval than it really should. Huh? Which is kind of an interesting
1: thing. So factor in the weighting, I guess, into <laughs> yeah, your oh yeah. into your estimates. That's a really good tip. Yeah. Um, you know the uh, and you know, that does that does kind of tie into you know it being on you you know to make those yeah. decisions. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns as well uh, when you go into a project you know uh, that you're freelancing for. Um, one thing I learned uh, working on this is if you go in wanting to learn something new on a freelance project, the risk is pretty high for you because you're you're basically promising you're going to complete something within a certain time frame. And this does happen in full time positions, career type jobs, you know, um, but. In a in a freelance situation, you haven't built up trust yet, uh, and organizational clout, and all that stuff that you build in a in a full time position to slip time a little bit or or you know negotiate things. You have to build that either build that very quickly in order to learn these new techniques, or come in with a known skill set, something you already are very good at, and you know how to do, and you know how to apply your skill set to the problem they're trying to solve. In this situation, for me, I came in with a general skill set. They needed a very specific solution, so I had to go learn the techniques to do, you know, to build their specific solution, which brought a little bit of stress on me, as something we'll talk about later.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that I've over the years, as you get better and better at doing the thing that you're, you know, charging a client for, the thing to keep in mind with this too, this goes back to what you're talking about, I think, a little bit. When you give an estimate for something. You know, you you can't give an estimate um, for, let's say, I don't know, let's say it takes a hundred, you said it's gonna take me 100 hours to do this thing. Right. But 50 of those hours are for you to learn how to do that thing. You can't really charge a client for that, right? Now let's say, um, you really should be charging about 50 hours, right, if it's like on about average. Now if you're really good at doing that thing and it takes you only 20 hours, you don't charge 20 hours for it, you charge 50 hours for it. <laughs> So, like, you don't want to get, you don't want to make less money because you're better at doing something. Just because you're faster at it doesn't mean you should make less money doing it. Right, And in, in our job, we're charging by the hour, right? Let's say you do $100 an hour. If I'm really good at building a WordPress website, for instance, this is a generic example, and it takes me, I don't know, let's say 50 hours to get in, design a thing, or let's just say build it, not any design. Um, I get in, I build it, I, I you know, get it pixel perfect and all that stuff. I'm really good at using the templates and the themes and all these other things, I'm very efficient. Um, I shouldn't be penalized because I'm faster at doing it than somebody else. Right? So just because you're charging by the hour doesn't necessarily mean that you are only making what you're charging, right? You're, you're also charging that person for your experience as well. So keep that in mind. You know, If you have like a really great plumber or something that comes in or a carpenter or something, he's amazing, does really great work, he charges more per hour, he comes in, he gets his job done. Um, if you had like a, a carpenter come to your house to fix your house but he had no idea how to use the tools, he took like 80 hours to do it when it should have taken 10. You don't want to pay that guy 80 hours to do it, right? Right. So, so keep that in mind as you're doing this. Now, maybe you don't charge more hours. Maybe you charge more per hour, right? So instead of saying, um, you know, I'm building this website. It's gonna, I'm charging you 50 hours. Um, that's about average, 50 hours. I'm going to charge you 120 125 per hour. Instead of you know uh, and and charge you less hours than than charging because people don't want to feel like they're being ripped off right say like two hundred hours to do a website does it's crazy why would I pay you that much um, but uh, you know you don't want to you don't want to lose money just because you're better at doing something I guess is the point point. and a lot of people don't take that into account especially if this is their first time doing freelance work I think that's very important
1: very good point yeah it's a uh, it's an interesting thing it's all times it's probably you know I've done this half of one time. Um, but uh, it's probably what you feel comfortable with, too. You know, some people may not feel yeah. comfortable uh, you know, saying 80 hours when they're working 20. They're, they may feel more comfortable renegotiating the contract for more per hour, something yeah. like that, like you yeah, said. Fair. you know, yeah, It totally just depends fair. on you. So, um, and yeah. what the contract states as well.
0: Yeah. And the other thing to your point, too, Darrell, about learning something, I think one thing to keep in mind is that you can't rely on something like Stack Overflow to help you finish a freelance job. Like to me, Stack Overflow should be your last resort. Um, it shouldn't be the first place you go. If you are picking up freelance work and the first thing you have to go do is check Stack Overflow, the chances are good you shouldn't be picking this up as freelance because you're just gonna stress yourself out, you know, yeah. to your point. You, you came in as like a general general kind of um, you know developer, a lot of Java back-end stuff, but they were looking for this really specific thing, very, very specific thing, um, and you know, you had to go learn this tool, right? And right. that just added so much extra stress, but you're not making more money because of that. You know, yeah. you're not getting paid for the stress. You're not getting paid extra for the stress. Yeah, I it's, guess is the it's way. So You're not so getting paid extra.
1: When you get past the stress part of making that mistake, hopefully you don't make that mistake and you go into a situation with something you feel very comfortable with. Um, uh, in, in my view, when I'm looking at this now, I'm saying, if I do something freelance, uh, and it's not my primary source of income. I want it to be uh, as I say it's a kind of a technical thing. Easy, breezy, lemon squeezy, okay? Mm-hmm. You want it to be easy, breezy and also a little lemon on the squeeze, mm-hmm. okay? A little it's sweet. A, yeah, a little sweet. So that it's so that it's something that you can do um putting your your time in, not mindless, but also not not, not dedicating all of your mental energy to you know, learning some new you know tool or technique, um, even if it's something you've always wanted to learn, and this is probably something that uh, a, a mistake or uh, maybe a, a risk that someone might take here. They might say, "Okay, they asked me to do Kubernetes, and I have experience with some other some other cloud you know Dockerization thingy, and um, I'm going to go learn it so that I can do this job." Well that's a risk because they probably want an expert and, you know, you're going to go in with, you know, half, half understood concepts, things like that. Yeah.
0: So. And that's, you know, and you, you talked about stress. Another thing that I think people are probably, I don't want to say not thinking about it right now, but maybe it's in the back of their mind, but they're not, they're not as concerned with it, but it will kind of hurt them in the long run is if you're trying to pick up freelance work right now, especially if you've gotten laid off, right? That's a lot of stress, a lot of stress already. And if you pick up a freelance work, a freelance job, and one, you're not charging a lot because you were just sort of desperate to get the work, or two, you you uh, picked up work for something you weren't really experienced in, um... You are going to have just so much extra stress, doubled on top of the other stress of losing a job. Maybe you're trying to find full time job on top of this, which, you know, as we talked about before, is in itself a full time job. So you know, keep that in mind. The stress. I can't. I think Derek uh, pointed this out, and I didn't even really think about it. And this is where this whole topic really came from. Is the stress level of freelancing is just so incredibly high already. Watch the scenario that you're putting yourself into, and be very careful, so that you don't just, you know, break yourself.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, it's essentially I a check yourself before you wreck yourself kind of situation. Check yourself you
0: before with. you wreck yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically and the bridges. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And that, that could then in turn wreck the bridges, burn the bridges. You might not get more freelance work in the future. You mm-hmm. know, if you're working with like a small community of people, like maybe there's this this client in a small group. They talk. Oh, I got that guy. That guy was. Oh, he, man, he screwed me over. He didn't know what he was doing. They they talk to each other, right? And and you know you can use um, that uh, that method to actually pick up a lot of extra work. You know, um, but if if people are talking negatively about you, which they may, if you don't do a great job. Um, just be very careful cause it might end up to, might lead to even less work in the future. Yeah. Um, I think that's also something people don't really think about is, um, you know, word of mouth is, it can hurt you uh, as, as much as it can help you.
1: That's a good point. Um, you know, another one of these techniques and tips, uh, was kind of around that initial contract that you set up with whoever you're working with. Um, now Jeremy, I have a question for you. You've done this a lot. Do you recommend having your own contract ready to go? or oh, yeah. relying on them to set up the contract.
0: No, I never rely on them to set up a contract cuz you just don't trust them, you know, to 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 look out for you, okay. right? I mean, especially if they're small business owners, they they're, they're going to try to, you know, maybe try to shortchange you a little bit. Now, Amy and I when we were doing this for a long time, Amy and I had our own freelance and actually Amy did this full-time. I had a job at the time, and she had a full she was doing our a freelance work full-time. It's called Jam Creative, Jeremy Amy Miller Creative. Um, and we were doing quite a, quite a bit of freelance work. We did a lot of stuff with restaurants and some other uh, local companies and stuff. And um, I had a buddy who was a lawyer and I, I paid him like $500 or something to, to draft a contract specifically for us. Um, now, you know, I said um, that um, the Freelancers Guild has their own um, contract that you can use, and we kind of use that as a basis, but there were a lot of things that were missing in that contract. I mentioned that, um, you know, the, the client goes missing for uh, weeks at a time, right? And when you're relying on this as a full time gig, you don't, you have to get as regular of a paycheck as you can. And if you expect this, this, this particular job to last three months, but because the client, goes away for some reason and and it takes six months, you've just extended that paycheck out for six months instead of three months, right? Especially if you're doing like half up front or something. So we had him write a, a clause in the contract for us, we called it the missing client clause. So if the client stopped responding to emails for more than a week or two, I can't remember exactly what it was, we actually charged them three extra hours to go back and review all the material and everything else. It's kind of the, the, you know, the stick. Um, if they went missing and we even told them, hey, listen, listen um, you know, it's been four days, if you go, you know, we don't hear back from you in seven days, we're gonna have to charge you an extra three hours, it's $300, you know, uh, that becomes an incentive for them to not go missing right? That was something that we went in. We also, one of the other things that, um, I think in our contract that wasn't in there before was specifically around website stuff because we did a lot of websites. The, the freelancers guild was more of like graphic designer stuff. So they didn't really have a lot of stuff. So we had stuff in about sitemap approval and all kinds of other stuff, um, you know, uh, that, that wasn't in that generic contract. So I would absolutely 100% recommend having that at the very least because you, you, you know, that you, your contract covers you, you know, And, um, you just, you can never tell when other, when somebody else. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is if you're working with a bunch of different people and they've got all, they all have their own contracts, you've got to understand those contracts to read through them. Make sure you're not going to get screwed over Hmm. because you have no idea what's in those contracts, right? You're signing that. And that is, you are legally obligated to follow that contract. And if you really don't know what's in it and you go and sign your name, you are putting yourself in a really, really bad position potentially. Um, and I think that's something else. Freelancers just, oh, I just want to do my work. I just want to be code. I just want to design. I want to get paid. I don't care about all this legal stuff. Well, you know, if you're not prepared to, to, to deal with that, you're, you're going to get screwed over potentially or you open opening true. yourself up for the risk of getting screwed over. So I would definitely recommend having your own contract at the ready and if it, even if it's just those generic ones, just, you know, ready to go.
1: Fair man, yeah. You know, you have, you have a saying kind of about, um, uh, about doing freelance work in general that I found interesting. And you say, and I've heard you say it a number of times, you get in, you get out, on to the next one. This is what yep. you say. Can you describe what you mean by that? Kind of with that. Yeah. Know, weird... So I mean, you know, it's it's all about getting a paycheck,
0: right? I mean, the longer you take to do this work, the the longer it takes to start the next job and the longer it takes for you to get the next paycheck. Um, so, you know, when, when it comes to freelance work, it's very transactional. You know, like you hired me to do this thing and I will do this thing and I will get out. Um, I'm not going to do more. I'm not going to do less. If I do more, we'll put it in the contract and you will pay me more for it. But I'm not going to go above and beyond, um, you know, adding, giving you extra stuff um, and and not get paid for it. Right. Um, where and that's a lot different from when you do a full time job where you were trying to impress your bosses so that you can get a promotion and raises and all these other things. Right. Right. Um, that does not happen when you're doing freelance work. You're, you get a raise and a promotion by doing your work fast enough to get move and get on to the next job.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe you charge um, a little so, more next time, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly, right, exactly. Um, so um, when you are, are doing freelance, um, you know you're hurting yourself by going and trying, oh well, you know what, I could do it this way, but I'm going to do this other thing just it, it won't take me that much longer. When you do that, there's little, those little hours here hour there it adds up and you end up wasting 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 hours because you try to just you know impress somebody by doing something. Now you don't get paid for it. Now if you're doing time and material, and you start doing those things, and you are charging for it, they're gonna come back and they're gonna say, I don't wanna pay for this, it's not what I asked you to do. It's Yeah, it's great, it's nice, but I paid you for this other thing. I paid you for 10 hours, you took 15. I don't wanna pay for 15. I wanna pay for 10, that's what we said, right? So, um, you know, I just think, like, to me, freelancing is very contractual. Now, that said, obviously, it doesn't mean you wanna do half-ass and you wanna cut corners and things like that. That's not at all what I'm saying. Um, But, you know, if you, um, you know, they said I wanna use this tool right? And you say, oh, you know, eh, that tool's okay, but I'm going to go do this other tool. If you don't get that approved and you go do this other tool, whatever that tool happened to be, and that's not what they wanted, you're only, you're only screwing yourself over. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to do what they want because they're not going to pay you if they're not happy with it, right? Especially right. if you're waiting to get the second half of your payment after the, the job's completed. So yeah, it's to me, it's very transactional, you know? And, and again, I just want to p- clarify that it does not mean you cut corners. That does not mean you cut corners. That just means you do what you asked you to do. You don't do any more. You don't do any less. Yeah. And you do it as best as you can, obviously.
1: Yeah, I mean, with with the skill set that you have. And I think that um, one of the things that's tough uh, in a freelance position, sometimes there are, you know, not everybody that has a problem knows how to uh, sort of uh, communicate how they want the solution built. Not everybody Mm -hmm. has that skill set or has built that skill set up. So yeah. if you don't have a picture in your head clearly of how you will solve the problem, the tooling you will use, the the actual weight, the actual solution that they have, it is you're creating a lot of risk in accepting that mm-hmm. position. And you know, I know for like this this first uh, time around for me, I've learned all these things because I've made almost every mistake. You know, I made them all at the same time. <laughs> Um, so, but it's okay because you you know you'll you'll get through it and you'll move on to the next one. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. When when you feel like you know uh, yeah. when you feel like you can. So, but anyway, that's what I. Want to I, say. I love that you just said you you just uh,
0: let's let's uh, let's do a retro. Let's do a retro, Derek, live on the air or recorded
1: on the air, whatever Hit this it is. Hit um, it, baby.
0: You you made some mistakes. Do you feel comfortable going over some of those mistakes with the retro timers in our audience out there?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I um, mean, you guys are basically Sticking. family. You're <laughs> basically family. Yeah, that's right. You might um, you might
0: actually be family.
1: So, project started. Um, we had initial conversations about what they wanted. Uh, I felt okay that I understood the general nature of the solution they were trying to achieve, um, but I didn't get clarification on exactly what it should look like. So, I was you know I had inklings. They said, okay, I have here here's my here's my design. They gave me a design. But they also hired a designer, my good buddy Jeremy. So I should have in my head said, well, there's no possible way I'm writing anything that codes to that design because why did they bring Jeremy in? But nobody said, wait, hold on. Don't start yet because I'm, I'm managing myself here. And the management that they had in place was basically just going off what I was saying. So I would say, you know, hey, let's roll forward. With this solution, I'll, I'll try to get the uh, the capabilities um, set up so that we can handle any solution in the future. It seemed logical at the time, but without knowing what was coming out of the you know design phase with Jeremy, I didn't. I, I was like flying blind. So I picked a solution that wouldn't. It was too difficult to 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 work with. Too difficult to code. Um, would not it would scale, but it would be it would be difficult to modify, and uh, and it, the, the original the first demo I showed was capabilities of that system, and then I realized okay, well, I made a mistake there because I kind of I kind of the uh, cart before the horse, right? I, I I I had in my head, here's what I you know here's what I think I'm going to tell you guys very very clearly what I want to do. Tell me if I'm wrong, you know, instead of doing that, instead of using like like uh, uh, coercive or uh, influential techniques that you might use in your career, what I should have said is before I do any work, let me make sure I completely understand everything you're looking for. What is acceptable and what you feel like will be above and beyond in this situation? Because let's let's find some place in the middle that you're happy with the solution. Um, Yeah.
0: Now, one yeah. thing I, I want to back up a little bit, and say so one thing we did do right this time was, you know, normally when I enter freelance projects, um, there are things I've done a lot in the past. Things like brochure design, website design, logo design, whatever that thing happens to be. Um, and I have a, a very clear understanding of the time it takes to do those things. So I've, I've always done, you know, it's going to take 120 hours, it's going to take right. 60 hours, 20 hours, whatever, up front. And I do a half up front and... You know, half when it's done, or a third up front if it's really expensive. Um, One thing that we did this time that I actually think we we was was a really great idea was we didn't understand the problem because we'd never done this thing before. Right. Right. Neither one of us, and actually the client had never done it either, so they had no idea what to expect. They threw out a number. Oh, you think I don't know, 160 hours. And we're like, well, it's a lot of money. Uh, it's a lot of hours. I assume we could probably do it for about that. But then we went back and forth and they wanted really specific things that we were gonna do with those 160 hours. And we're like, I have no idea. We don't even know where to start. So what we ended up doing was just a time and material and we wrote it into the contract to say, we're gonna do time and material. We're gonna bill every two weeks. We won't bill more than you know, 20 hours per week um, to keep you hopefully on budget. And if we get close to that 160 hours, We'll negotiate and see how far along we are if you think we need to add more time or whatever. So, we had like a a clear budget, monetary budget in mind. Um, But, you know, as far as the hours spent, we don't have any idea how long it's going to take. So, the time and material, I think, was a really great approach on our part because it, it helped us because we're not getting, we're not committing to something that might take 10 times longer than what we actually thought. And, they're also not committing to paying a whole bunch of money up front for something that they don't even know about, right? So yeah. I think that in general was a good idea. I think that was, a, that was something that I hadn't done before that I think time and material was, was uh, a really great way to fix that problem.
1: That's a good point. And that was that was actually a really good decision. That's something that kind of came about naturally. The thing I'm happy about with this original, this first kind of engagement is that we have been doing a good job communicating with the people. Nobody's really getting angry at each other. There's no frustration there. There's, there's clear communication. If they ask for updates, we give them updates. Um, for personally me, I've changed the solution, the recommended solution, twice now um, as I'm learning what I kind of want to do and how I want to work with uh, Jeremy on this. And they're not upset about it. As long as I communicate that yeah. this is what I want to do going forward, nobody's getting upset. I also communicated that this may take a little longer than anticipated, but I did it as early as possible. I'm trying to like right the wrongs. I, I I've started with by not by not asking questions, so I'm trying to you know communicate communicate as much as I can, so that you know we get we we maintain this on on the same page and maintain a good relationship through the course of this contract.
0: Yeah, so that um that I think is is very similar to what you would do in a full time job, right? Where a lot of people, they do freelance, they say, hey, give me the money. All right, I'm going to come back to you and I'll have it done in, you know, three months, two months, whatever. And they'll they'll go away. And you won't hear from that freelancer for months until they're done. I don't like that approach, frankly. I think, like, to me, it's just like a full-time job, regular updates, check-ins every two weeks. We're here. We're here. We're at this point. All right. I need your help on this. Okay. We're here. Expect to have this thing in a few weeks or something. Just you know, because that kind of thing builds trust. It builds, and just like the other stuff, builds relationships, builds trust. And you know, if you're if you're happy working with them, you might get more work in the future because they enjoy working with you. Right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's something that that regular check in, the constant check in. They actually did Slack. They added us to Slack, which is really awesome. I never had that happen before in a freelance project. Now. So. Yeah.
1: I feel good. That's something I feel good that we actually did that. So not only did we set Oh, did we? I told them to do that. Ah, right on. I I said, we can't communicate uh, over email constantly. We need a way to do it. So they set up a Slack for us. It's been great. Communication is quick. They set up a Google Drive for us. They were originally emailing files. I had recommended they do that, and they listened. Within the thing I'm enjoying about this product, within about 10 minutes of me recommending something, the person who's managing the product mentions it to the team. The communication is so good because it's such a small group. Now, here's where it's interesting. When you freelance for a small company, I suspect that you have a lot of more control over the communication. As the company gets larger, you're waiting on HR. You're waiting on this group. You're waiting on this group. Um, so that's probably where a lot of that delay comes in.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Well, I think, um, I think that's a great point. And and actually that might be something that we can even talk about in the future as like something to do next time. If we do pick another freelance project, maybe we could create our own Slack and we could create our own private channels or something and then add them to it and ask them to use it. I'm interested to see how that might work with other clients who might not you know, be, Maybe they're not comfortable using another person's Slack. I don't know. But that might be something we can try out again in the future and see how well that works. But I think that was like a really great thing to try. And I had never done that before. I think that, that, that's been really successful.
1: Yeah, it's been great. Um, and just, just because we're able to keep the communication going.
0: Yeah, so, so Derek, I know you've had a lot of pressure with, um, you know, I feel like developers always have more pressure than designers because design is more subjective and, um, you know, development is way more technical and it's got to be just right, perfect. Whereas I guess uh, design, can you can fudge it a little bit um, or at least come up with some words to make it sound like it's the right way to, to approach a problem. I, talk to me about the pressure but This being your first um, freelance project have you had a lot of pressure seems like you've you've been able to cope with it but maybe what's some coping mechanisms and stuff that you've
1: yeah yeah that's that's a good idea so um to dig into um yeah so this has been a pretty stressful initial set of, of uh, initial um, go I guess on this on this project because I went into it um, thinking that my broad skill set, uh, and, and I have a variety of, uh, you know, past experiences even doing this exact thing. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't in the weeds doing it. I was managing people who were doing it. And then I, then I didn't like, I didn't sort of, uh, not know what they were doing. I actually reviewed their code, worked with them on problems, you know, dug into solutions. So I, I remembered the, the, process behind what we had to do but if since i since i was kind of rusty some of the technology has actually changed and i didn't want i didn't want to slight this company and say hey i'm not going to use the best technology available by going to something i'm comfortable with which in all irony is what i ended up choosing and it was but it was after investigation of different tools now had we started with me saying I know exactly how to solve this problem. I'm going in, I'm doing it, this is going to work just fine. Um, all that like um, misplaced confidence, they would be upset with me right now. And they, I mean, they may be a little aggravated or whatever, but they would be like outwardly like, we're not paying you anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, like because that, that would be a, a terrible thing. But instead, I, from the beginning, I said, I don't have a tool set yet. We need to investigate this together. So I will do this, this, this and this and we tracked the work, we tracked the task, I gave them updates, all this stuff. So doing it saying that we were, you know, we did it wrong by not knowing what we were going to do. I feel like as a freelancer, now and then I understand the scope of it. You just want to manage your stress so that you don't get to a point where you can't use your normal coping mechanisms to get by, to get through it. And my coping mechanisms are this, basically this, breaking the problem down into small pieces, creating very clear steps for me to follow, clear goals that are short term, and as I'm working through them, I think about the longer term goal, um, which, which a lot of times it's tough to do both, but I've, I've taught myself to do that. Um, keeping constant communication, stay honest, and then whenever I get stressed out, step away. So if, if, you, if, if you're overwhelmed with the situation, it's not because you are incapable of solving the problem. You will almost always figure it out. Just step away and come back because you can't solve a problem when your blood's boiling, um, especially in programming because you are trial and error most of the time as documentation is often not good enough. Um, that's where I'm at. And that's, that's the mechanism that I've used. Awesome. So have you reached Jeremy. out
0: to any other developers that you know to help with this problem, like your uh, network, with people, friends, things like that?
1: I have, n- not Not when I started. Um, I did, it's, that's a good question. That's something that I probably should have done to begin with, is reach out to people who have done this before and, uh, and that I know and say, hey, remember when we did this? Um, what did we do? And I think that maybe that's because I felt like I was alone in this but maybe maybe saying you're alone isn't completely true. Maybe you are alone uh, in doing the work, but not in figuring out the solution. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point.
0: Yeah, it's not like you're you're not like in the ocean like a, on a on a life raft all by yourself. You might have you're you're in an ocean and an armada, but you're on your own life raft, but you could you can make like calls to other other life rafts while you're <laughs> You're, I don't know, I'm trying to stretch this analogy way too far. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's always tough when you have uh, analogies uh, on the sea, I find. Um, I, know, I know nothing about <laughs> sailing, so I'm talking about jibs, and I I, that's terrible. Yeah, hey, jibs. I don't know what What's about. a jib? No, no idea. Um, still don't know. Um, I had a really awkward conversation with someone who was a sailor, and uh, they were a speedboat sailor, and they were uh, at work. And I was—it was like you know—we were talking about work stuff, and they started talking about sailing. And I'm like, "Oh, that's great!" And I couldn't ask any questions. I was like, "How fast does it go?" <laughs> and they were like, I were like pretty fast." I was like, D- "Does it? Is it like? Um, is it? Is it like Moana?" Yeah, I, I did not know what to ask. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, it's a lot like Moana. actually. Anyway, uh, solid digression. So we we talked a little <laughs> bit about. Um, a lot about freelance work. But I kind of wanted to tie it around to how this could affect you if you're if you are full-time employed or do, you know, plan to get a full-time job very soon or something like that or, or you know, just are in your career and maybe wonder how this could affect you. The thing that I realized is that everything we do involves a contract of some sort. Whether it's explicit like we're dealing with right now with this company or whether it's implicit or where you where you have a social contract with the people you work with or, a, or a, a business-related contract following the spirit and the letter of your business. It's there. Regardless of the type of work that you do, there is a contract. It just may not be something you signed specifically. Um, so that's something that that's I'm going to take point. away from this is treat your work life, your full-time job, like, in some ways, like a freelance position in the sense that I want to understand the contract we're setting between each other. I don't completely understand what you're looking for. What's success here? You know, things like that. Like, I want to know all the same things on my projects in, in my full-time job, you know? Uh, like That's so, a really good point.
0: Anyway. I, you think a lot of people are afraid to ask those questions, I, I guess, at, in like a full-time job. It's like, well, why should I ask? I mean, my boss should just tell me what the you know, uh, their definition of, of, success is. And I don't know, maybe a lot of people make those assumptions that their bosses know those answers when they probably know very little.
1: I think there are a lot of assumptions and especially in big companies that have been built through networks, um, and know who, you know, kind of thing. Uh, a lot of times I, I suspect that, uh, clear goals aren't set. Um, just because of the way the culture always been, you know, um, either they're, they're trying to reach some, some goal where it's like, um, uh, you know, either it's a, some money metric or something that's hard to hard to kind of like associate to your project. You know, what does that mean for me? Well, just get it done. Well, I don't understand what's done, you know? And, you know, people get aggravated with that sometimes anyway.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point, man. I love that. So yeah. So, so wrap it up, Derek, what we got, we got, um, freelance versus, uh, for versus full-time job. We got, um, you know contracts stick to the contract don't get taken advantage of uh, make sure you're getting charged what you're actually worth i think that's the big one um don't don't enter into a uh a, a contract gig where you really don't know a lot you know that contract gig is not the time to learn things contract gig is a time to get paid get in and get out um and you know maybe it could you know turn into a, a full-time thing in the future which we didn't really talk about, but that's certainly a possibility if you're doing contract work for a a company who who hires you for a short-term project or something. Yeah. Um, what else? What other takeaways from this, this little conversation we got here, Derek?
1: It's just managing your stress. You know, uh, this is something that you're gonna be you're gonna be dealing with uh, when you first start a job, uh, and probably in your career as you switch projects. Uh, your your level of st- we need a whole podcast on stress, honestly, because your level of stress you actually don't know you're stressed out until you're 100 percent maxed out at stress you'll have symptoms like maybe you grind your teeth or maybe you know something like that but you won't know that you're until you have like a breakdown when you're 100% stressed out and you say like i want to quit everything i want to stop it all you know and you know you can get there on on these projects because there are, it's the pressure feels like it's 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 different um it's maybe more pressure than you're used to so just be be mindful of that talk to people your friends will help you, you know. I know I got stressed out on this probably. I talked to Jeremy and he helped me through it. So talk to people that you work with. Be we'll honest, talk. you know. A little pep talk. So uh, and just just know that you can do it. If you commit to it, you can do it. Just step away. If you're stressed out, come back in. And if you if you made a mistake, if you one of these like blunders that we talked about, if you made one of these mistakes and you're in the contract, um, know that you have a lot of options still. Even like even when you're there, whether it's communicating with them and telling them what the situation really is, uh, exiting the contract, if that's what you feel like is best for you. Um, You know, it's like uh, being honest with people gets you a long way.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. We didn't talk about that specifically, but I think you just really, really, really important thing. If you do something that wasn't right, you got to own it. You got to you got to own up to it talk about it don't try to hide it because I tell you what if you try to do that and you get caught doing that you are never gonna you're not gonna get very much freelance work again especially from this this team right um, so that's a big thing own up to it and um, you know move on fix it figure out how to fix it and, and move on but don't yeah. don't try to hide it um, yeah so um, yeah that's the thing man I, I think in in general freelance work it's very different it can be very rewarding. Um, you know, um, it's it is very stressful like for this one, for instance, we've been working a lot of nights because you know we still got some stuff for our full-time day job. so I haven't been working on this um, during the day really at all. I've been up like midnight 1 a.m sending emails to people trying to get stuff approved. Um, so it you know it can be stressful, but you know when you get that paycheck in the end, it's all worth it, man, when you get that big that big uh, that big check.
1: Yeah, and you know the one thing I want to end with is have a reason you're doing the freelance work. And keep that reason in the back of your head. Keep it oh, there. Yeah, hold on to it. And when you get stressed out, hold on to the reason. Whether it's, you know, I mean, maybe you're just doing the, the freelance work so you can buy a basketball goal so you can shoot some hoops in your yard, man. Maybe that's the only reason you do it. If that's, <laughs> if that's the case, hold on to that feeling because it's going to get you through some of the harder parts. Um, Hold doing on to that room. feeling. Hold on to that feeling, big
0: brother 82. That's a good that's actually yeah. a really great point. Yeah. Yeah, like in our case, like Amy got laid off too with us, and so uh, this is the only reason I'm even <laughs> bothering doing this is so we can have a backup in case she doesn't find another job. Um it's just you know, that's my reason. But yeah, man, it's uh it's stressful, dude. It ain't nothing nothing pretty, Derek. Nothing pretty.
1: Ain't nothing. Uh, ain't nothing nice. I think I've said that. My grandpa said that uh, before. Ain't nothing nice. Um, That's right. The he also said part a lot of other weird about. things. Uh, but we're talking yeah, about stress the stress part. part. Yeah. Ain't nothing yeah, nice. The work is nice. No, the, the, yeah, the work part is nice. Is the nice. people are nice. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. But the but the uh, yeah the stress is not nice. Um, so all right. Thank you guys. Um,
0: yeah, for sure. And um, tell them all the things. Tell them all the things. All right, so before we leave, uh, remember, Derek will write you a song. We got Big Brother 82, Pam Cokie, Amy Dalton. Thank you very much for the five-star review and the awesome little note on Apple Podcast. If you want a song written about you, um, you just got to go to Apple Podcast, Stitcher, all those places, and leave a comment, um, interact with us on social media, um, and uh, you will get a song written about you, and all the other retro timers out here will hear it. Derek, you going to have one ready for next time?
1: Maybe. I don't want well, to. Well, I want to say next time, but our next episode is actually going to be very special with a special guest. Oh, yes. Um, that's true. With uh, Tom Griever. So, we're going to Oh, that's right. Tom yeah. Griever. So yes. Tom Griever is going to be uh, he's going to be in our next episode. So, episode yes, 10 is going to be Tom. Uh, may, maybe I'll splice in in the song. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I the I can big always edit 10, there.
0: dude. The big 10. 10 episodes. This is episode 9. I know. Can you believe 10 episodes? This is crazy.
1: So, All right. We're
0: almost we're almost full-time podcasters, Derek. And then that's
1: crazy. It's Never would have thunk
0: it. Never would have thunk it. Alright guys, Well, um, we appreciate everybody out there. Remember, if you um, if you, you got any questions, concerns, comments, hit us up. RetroTimePodcast.com uh, Hello at RetroTimePodcast.com uh, Facebook RetroTimePodcast, Twitter, RetroTimePod We got LinkedIn, we got all that stuff. Stitcher, some, I, you know what it is. Go to our website. It's all there. Yeah, you're right. We'll holler at you guys next time.
1: Alright. Take, it, Take easy. it easy, y'all. The ideas, the comparing, the contrasting, the benefits, the ups, the downs, the happies, the sads of...